this is Li Kai Gu. Thanks for tuning in to Pot of Goose, a podcast designed to help Gu family members stay in touch and learn more about each other. This podcast will mainly be conducted in English with sprinkles of Chinese in it. And I hope you all enjoy this pod and please send me any feedback that you might have. Today is the first episode of an experiment that I've been wanting to do for a while and have finally gotten around to doing it. And the experiment is using the podcast format to help us better record our family's history. And the idea came from many years of listening to Yaya talk about the, his different stories of his past and always wanting to record them so that I can go back and review and relive those memories. So here goes. The first guest that I have on my episode today is none other than my dad, George Gu, and we'll be talking about all sorts of topics, including stories from his childhood and memories with his family members. Hope you enjoy. So, uh, welcome to my dad, George Gu. Hello. Hi. Okay, so um, this is fun. So starting off, I guess maybe starting off with kind of the origins of, of our family, maybe going back to as far as uh, your grandfather. Um, how did our, our family business uh, originally start uh, back in Shanghai? And, uh, you know, how much do you know about um, how much did you know about him while you were growing up? Okay. Uh, my grandfather, he was an engineer. And uh, he, he spoke German, I think. Uh, so, uh, because in those days, I think a German engineer is supposed to be one of the best. Mm. So he sort of learned uh, German, and uh, so he's I, basically, he, I, I don't know where he got his degrees, but, <clears throat> but anyway, he, uh, uh, I guess because of that, he worked for a trading company in Shanghai. Okay. And uh, this trading company, because you know these uh, foreigners, they don't speak Chinese, so they need Chinese staff. And uh, these key managers, they call them bang uh, ban. Uh, uh, okay. You know, That's bang, Chinese. Bang, yeah. No, no, no. Bang Oh, bang ban. Okay. Bang ban. Yeah. Bang okay. ban si. Okay. Okay. So. Um, so they have two departments. Uh, one is an import department and the other one is an export department. And my grandfather, he was in charge of the import department. Uh, and at that time, they had a company who bought uh, textile machines from them. And it turned out that this guy, he couldn't pay it. So uh, the manager who was in charge of uh, selling it to them had to uh, be responsible for the payment so and of course my grandfather he couldn't pay it up he was a manager responsible for yeah he was a manager of the import department right so he he was responsible for these machines yeah he sold it to this guy who who couldn't pay it up yeah so uh, then so he proposed to the uh, the owner of this trading company that instead he will go and run this uh, textile company and pay back in return. Okay, so he joined the, the client's company so, basically. Yeah, he basically he bought it. Yeah, yeah. So he was forced. <laughs> he forced, forced to yeah, take over. Yeah, because he had to take it over and, and just pay by working there. Got it. And th- so that's how we started uh, this textile company. Mm. 
So uh, for quite a while, we were really strapped for, you know, for cash, actually, you know, because he had to pay it up. And I heard my father had trouble even paying for his school fees, uh, like a $10 school fees. He couldn't go to school, and he had to borrow it from somebody okay. uh, in order to pay for his school fees to go to work. Uh, so my father, your grandfather, actually started working in the factory when he, he was very young. Okay. You know, maybe in his early teens or something. So he was going to school and, and working, working in the factory, factory at the same, same time. I see. So that's how we got started. I see. Um, so by the time when I was born, uh, we were actually doing quite well already. Okay. And we had two factories. Uh, I think one is um, making uh, uh, velveteens or velvet cloth. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, the other one is the uh, we are doing the wool business. Okay. Uh, okay. And my grandfather had a had a, the strategy of thinking. His his strategy of thinking is that, you know, uh, we all have our livelihood depends on, you know, they call it yi-shi-zu-xing. Uh, right. Okay. So, so it's clothes, uh, your food, food. Uh, and your your real estate, you know, house properties, yep. shelter, and uh, your transportation. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we already got the uh, clothing side of it. Right. So he's uh, so my father, he's the uh, eldest, and and uh, my grandfather has two sons, my father and then my uncle. Right. So he sent uncle to the states to learn about dairy farming, like uh, actually raising cows. So you wanted to go into food, the food side of the, the business? The food side of the business. Okay. How old was uh, was your uncle? Well, he went to the college okay. at that time, okay. right? And my grandfather actually bought a large tract of land already for grazing cows. Okay, in Shanghai? <laughs> in, in, I don't know where, but or China, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in China, China okay. probably close to Shanghai. Okay. So uh, that's how we started. So Yaya, who's uh, your yeah. dad and my my grandfather, that's that's who we were. Uh, the third generation, my generation, refers to him as. Um, he basically worked at the family's factory his entire life, right? Did he go out there and work and work in other um, jobs and other companies and no, then no, no, joined, no, or he no. was basically working? He was working. Okay. He was working for that. Okay. Yeah, and then um, of course uh, I was born in 1947. Right. And the uh, communists, you know, took over in 1949. Right. All right. So not long after my birth, uh, the communists uh, started to approach, you know, to to take over. And we kind of escaped to Taiwan. Right. That was with the whole group of, you know, people who were escaping to Taiwan during that time, right? Because Shanghai, I think, was one of the last cities that the the Communist Party... Uh, then took over, yeah. so it was pretty clear at that point that you know the they were going to win the war. Well, not exactly because um, you know um, my grandfather he has four brothers, to, a total of four brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the only one who figured that we should uh, really? get out. Wow! Yeah. Wow! And all the others think this is just a temporary situation. Right. So one day, you know. So they felt like. 
the Kuomintang would eventually right. come, we'll, back we'll come and, back and then take it over again. That's right. So they didn't come out. I see. I see. So uh, out of the four brothers, uh, my grandfather is the only family that got out. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and I heard my uh, my father was the uh, he came out in the very last minute, and actually, uh, you know, when the, when there was a war going on, and they have to feed all the factory people. Right. So I heard the um, it's either my father or uh, my grandfather. Every noontime, he has to go in and uh, and use the uh, kind of a gong or something, and just walk around and say, you know, uh, lunchtime or something, and then everybody mm. will come out from their hidings mm. and to eat. Oh, really? So they were all <laughs> hiding because they yeah, had the communists because were of the bombing soon. and all oh, this kind of thing. I see. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's that's crazy. Um, so then, um, then of course we st- we started to get out, right? Um, and then the factory people. One of the guys actually, uh, he he was in when he joined the factory. He was really uh, very desperate, and um, I heard my father took him in. You know, out of kind of a kindness, you know, kindness uh, to get him in. Sure. But then he started to uh, to gang up on, uh, you know, sort of gather all the workers around and. Uh, Tried to prevent my father from getting out. Oh, when and when he found out that your father when, when he found we out yeah, I was trying yeah, to leave. Yeah, that's right. right. And right. then he he sort of he was telling everybody not to let him out. And, right. You know, sort of hang him over to the uh, communists or whatever. Wow, wow, <laughs> that's scary. So yeah. so when, how did he what ended up happening? So I don't know how he got out yeah. and eventually, but then uh, I in those days I th- they have to use you. You know the currency is no longer working, right? So you have to buy your tickets with gold. Right. And every day you have to go out and find out how much it is to get a ticket out. Right. 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 So we came out on uh, the family side of it, uh, came out on uh, by boat. Okay. And I think my father got onto the last flight out. I see. You know. So you and, uh, and your mom and, and uh, uh, your a cook. Grandma, a cook. What about what about uh, your grandfather? Uh, I think grandfather was with us. Okay. Uh, then uh, the cook and the maid. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, got on the boat together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. And at that time, it was just me and uh, uncle, your uncle Hiram. Right. Uncle Hiram was just born. He was one year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you know, they said I had a lot of fun on the boat because <laughs> it, it was rocking around. It was really, you know, I, as you know, I don't get seasick. Right. So. Uh, we really, I had a good time. Yeah, you know, on the boat. <laughs> Even though you were actually a, you didn't, you I didn't, didn't know what's no going idea on. that you were a, a refugee of war. That's right. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, okay, so once uh, our family relocated to Taiwan, what happened with the? How many factory workers do we have working in our, our company, and what happened to everybody in, in the factories? No, um, we so we lost everything, right? In in a sense, right? Right. right. Uh, and we escaped to Taiwan, and uh, we didn't know what to do. Everybody thought maybe one day, it's very soon, we'll all go back right. to Shanghai. Right. So you're still thinking that maybe it's a temporary thing. Yeah. 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 So uh, at the beginning, nobody was thinking about you know doing it, doing manufacturing or doing anything. Right. Just it was really mainly for survival, going out uh, every day, see what we can get, maybe a bed or. Uh, 
something, you know, uh, slippers or what have you. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, uh, but luckily, at that time, uh, we had a shipment. When we were in Shanghai, we had a shipment of uh, textile machines coming in. And, and then, uh, we're fortunate enough that we stopped it when it arrived in Hong Kong. Mm. So, uh, later on, when we realized that we couldn't go back mm-hmm. to Shanghai, mm-hmm. Uh, we managed to divert the shipment from Hong Kong oh, back, to, ta- back to, to Taiwan. Taiwan. I see. Yeah. I that's see. how we started. So you're able to salvage some some of the assets, basically. That, that was, that's right. That's that would have been taken over by the communists if uh, yeah. if it went to China. Yeah, right. I see. Um, and that shipping, uh, the shipping was done. Uh, you know, my uncle's Mary. Um, my auntie's called Agnes. Okay. And her last name was uh, Ho. So uh, the whole family was in shipping. So that machine was on that on the boat by their company. I see. Um, so anyway, uh, her brothers Robert Ho and the family. Uh, Robert Ho married a sister or something from uh, the the. She's the sister of the president of Philippines, or oh, uh, okay. I think his name is uh, Maxaiside or some something like that. Okay. Anyway, uh, so but the company, the the shipping company, is still in Hong Kong right now. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay, so we got the our first kind of. Um, you know, starter batch uh, of what we can salvage from the the textile machines. Um, so we did. We just did Yaya then just you know start to rebuild everything back from scratch into textile again, or, or what was his um, strategy? Uh, into yeah, rebuilding? no, we, you know it was really a matter of survival. So we we started the factory. It was very difficult at that time because you have no machines, but you have no raw material. Sure. So we had to get it, and then of course that involves uh, we're in the wool business. The wool comes from Australia, so and uh, so the and the government is in charge of all the raw materials coming in mm-hmm. and out, and so uh, that was kind of a struggling trying to to get even the materials or, or to you know get loans from the bank and all this kind of stuff. I see. Uh, but before we started the factory. Uh, we because they were big machines, right? With right. no no buildings or nothing. Right. So at the beginning, um, we're trying to get something to to keep going. Uh, so I remember that um, uh, we all live in this the present. Actually, yeah, I think it's the present Xinzhen uh, Nanlu, uh, but it was a Japanese style. Oh. Building at I that see, time. I see, but it's still the same. The same location. I think it's the same location. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and but for a while, we tried. There was something going on with registration of the family members or something. So I have to be registered uh, with Harry Wu's uh, father's house home. So he's a family friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so kind of you know. Uh, so we, we're kind of uh, in nighttime. We have to go somewhere else to to live or something. But then anyway, <laughs> do, you, uh, do you actually remember that uh, having to go to his house? Uh, at yeah, night? because I remember one night I had to go there and it was raining, 
and I tried to ring the bell, and uh, there was a leak in the electricity, so I got really shocked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember. <laughs> and so you were, I don't know, like four or five years old at that time, right? Um, or even probably maybe a little, little older. Probably a little bit older. Okay. But anyway. Okay. Um, so for before we started the factory, we had to do a lot of. Uh, I remember we did a lot of uh, things, and uh, I heard one time Yaya came out with a lipsticks, uh, trying to sell lipsticks. Yeah. Uh, so he asked all the the women in the house. I think there was somebody else living with us at the time too. So they, he asked all the women in the house to um, try the lipsticks. And all their lips got swollen, <laughs> so he gave up. <laughs> it's not a good product. Yeah, and one time he came back with a popcorn machine. Okay, and that was really fun. We really had a good time. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we didn't sell. It didn't end up. It didn't end going up going down yeah. that route. Um, the one that really was really going for quite a while, uh, because we had this cook, right? So he's a man. Okay. And we had this machine in the present-day garage. It was a huge pressing machine that you press, and then uh, it's a, like a molding machine. Okay. And you press, and you came out with a plastic uh, mouse. Right, right. Rubber. Uh, he told me about this rubber rubber mice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or plastic mice. This, this mice, and uh, so, and then uh, the women will be sitting around in the living room. And they use a rubber band to go through uh, the uh, uh, what do you call it the spool of a th- threads. Okay. You know the the threads are on, on a spool, right? The, yeah. The, for your sewing. Right? Sure. And it, they use a rubber band that go through it. Uh, then you tie it uh, to this the bottom of the mouth the mice, and you pull the string. Oh, so it looks so, like it's moving. So and then you let go. Yeah. Right. Then the mice will run around. I see. So we're we doing that for. Where, where did we Where did we even sell these mice? Was I don't it just know. Like it in just, stores, just <laughs> baskets of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember baskets of of, of uh, toy mice in yeah, the house? Bamboo baskets. Bamboo too. baskets full of toy mice. Oh, it's yeah. hard to imagine. <laughs> um, so we sold that for for quite a long time. Then you said, until we started uh, going into the textile. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. see. What other memories do you have of, uh, you know, kind of just growing up in, in Taiwan? Uh, you, you were in Taiwan up, up until you were about seven, right? I think about seven years old, yeah. Yeah. Um, then uh, my grandfather, being an engineer, he's actually not a good businessman. <laughs> but <laughs> he, he, being an engineer, he was reading in the magazines and all that. Yeah. And he discovered that this machine uh, making nylons. Okay. Okay, so uh, in order to uh, diversify our risk, he decided to go to Hong Kong. Okay. And to I, invest in the, in the nylon business. Uh, to start this nylon factory. Okay. okay. Uh, and I, being the eldest uh, grandchild at yeah. the time, he took me out, took me to Hong Kong as well. Yeah. Uh, so well, my I, I, mother was not too happy about that. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make that much sense yeah. because uh, he's going there for a business, and you know you're seven years old, you can't help. That's right. <laughs> and but you know, he's the authority. Yeah. So he he decided to take you, and yeah. Uncle Hiram stayed back in Taiwan. No, Uncle Hiram came a little bit later. Okay. Okay. 
so that's why the Uncle Ken, he was born in Taiwan. He right. he's really the most lucky one because he's like the only child right. the, for quite some time, right. being right. the only child in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. But uh, Uncle Hiram and I spent our you know when we started even. I think I, I only went to a year or even a couple of months in the kindergarten in Taiwan. In Taiwan. And then we went to uh, Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Yaya and Enya, who's uh, your mom, uh, stayed in Taiwan while you went to uh, Hong Kong with your grandpa and grandma? Grandma, yeah. Okay, okay. Right. And then Uncle Hiram also was there. Uncle Hiram came much late, uh, a bit later. I see. And so I was all alone in uh, Hong Kong for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a was that a big transition? I mean, at that point, you probably didn't even speak Cantonese yet, right? No, I, I couldn't speak Cantonese, and uh, it was difficult going to school because uh, you know because of language problem. Right. Uh, so they hire a uh, private tutor uh, because at the beginning when I went to Hong Kong, I I learned this thing in the school, right? Yeah. And I think. Uh, they learn about, you know, uh, like uh, uh, the sun. They call it, uh, you know, in, in Mandarin is Erzi. Yeah. In Shanghainese is uh, 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 something else. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 你字. 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 Yeah. Okay. And in Cantonese is uh, uh, 以及. Yeah. Well, anyway, so it was all different pronunciation. Right. So I came home and then, um, so... I, I said they were trying to go through my lessons and then I said no no that's not the way to pronounce it and they couldn't they couldn't fi- figure out how to pronounce it yeah so we ended up uh, having to hire a private tutor for me to learn Cantonese learn Cantonese yeah I right. see I see okay. did, did, uh, did your grandpa speak Cantonese at that time either, or he didn't speak it either he just went no, there no 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 not a lot there were a lot of Shanghainese at that time in I Hong see. Kong I see because you know a lot of people think it's safer in Hong Kong right. being a British colony Right. So, um, so a lot of the Shanghainese from the war because of the war. Yeah. So some of them will come to Taiwan, and then a lot of them will end up in they end up in uh, Hong Kong. I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, so he started uh, this nylon factory, and the the nylon is goes into making uh, pantyhose. Okay. And that was a big thing in those yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, the first called a pantyhose or they, they call it tights right and that and and um, so it was running quite well uh, but the problem was at that time uh, my grandfather sort of have a whole, whole lot of friends so-called friends okay. okay and they gather together every day uh, having lunch or dinner play mahjong and right. things like that and they will borrow money from him and never pay him back and <laughs> so a lot of this kind of problem so he's a very too nice of a guy <laughs> yeah and um, so finally so my father was running the factory in uh, Taiwan right so the, the, he was still running the wool, fact, the wool factory in Taiwan. yeah the worsted right they call it. because wool has uh, different uh, two two branches one is Called woolen, this is the coarser wool, right? Uh, like making carpets and more heavier clothing. Yeah, and then the worsteds are like, like making suits and got it. You know, so the finer, finer fabrics. Got it. So uh, my father was running the factory in Taiwan, and then my grandfather was doing it in uh, the nylon factories. In, yeah, uh, and my father was sort of shuttling back and forth between the Hong Kong and 
Taiwan. Okay. And then when he found out that um, how grandpa's uh, sort of lending a lot, lending of a lot of money out and not getting them back, and so he ended up having to go back to spend more time in uh, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, right? And there was a factory manager uh, here in Taiwan uh, running the factory. I see. And so the Taiwan factory sort of. Uh, uh, didn't grow at that time because of this, and then it just sort of stabilizing and uh, just going. I see. Yeah. Well, where was uh, Yaya able to turn around uh, the Hong Kong factory into? You know, once he started. Well, the Hong Kong factory has been uh, making money all along. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, and then of course, my uncle was in uh, U.S. all the time. Right. Right. So then he came back, and then. Uh, so he he uh, spent time most most of his time actually uh, staying in Hong Kong, uh, you know, running the factory, yeah. the Hong Kong side. Yeah. And then when um, my grandfather passed away, uh, my grandmother decided to uh, split the uh, the assets okay. and, uh, between my father and. My uncle. Your uncle, yeah. right? <clears throat> what what year was this? Do you remember when he when he passed away? Uh, my grandfather he he was in his he was sixty years old okay. when he passed away. Okay, and I believe he got lung cancer. Okay, but the cancer was not a known disease at that back time. Back then, yeah, back then it's, right. it's not known at all. Right, so they just list him as a you know some kind of a lung problem. Lung issue, I see. But of course he. He smoked opium. Oh, I see. And I still remember him smoking opium uh, in the bedroom, and it smelled good. <laughs> <laughs> this is in Hong Kong. You so this, you you walk in the house, you yeah, would yeah, smell yeah, him yeah, smoking yeah. opium. Yeah, and uh, uh, it was still it was illegal at that time, so he was hiding right his opiums uh, <laughs> in underneath on underneath a. Uh, a fourth floor tile or something. Right. And he didn't think I know anything, but I watched him what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day I came back from school and there was a whole bunch of policemen in the house <laughs> and he got arrested. Wow, for smoking opium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he ended up in a rehab and then he was clean after that. <laughs> okay. And so I guess you you were able to see uh, Yaya pretty often then because he was going back and forth between Taiwan and, and Hong Kong, but um, uh, yeah, and Yan I guess less so. No, no, no. Uh, and then um, actually, then of course Uncle Ken Ken uh, came to Hong Kong as well. How old and was he when when he came? I don't remember how old was. Or how he? old were you? I guess. But uh, it was when he came. Uh, Nya came along. I see. And live with us. I see. So, so everybody kind of moved lot. over to Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. And um, Yaya was main. Then, then Yaya spent more more time in you know back and forth kind of. Uh, I see. Also spent time in Taiwan. I see. Yeah. So um, that's how we, and of course the uh, the the factory in Hong Kong was uh, making a lot more easier to make money. Right. Than the Taiwan one. Right. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so uh, my uncle got the. Uh, end up with the Hong Kong factory mm. uh, and then but then he he was not a 
good businessman as well. So anyway, and at that time, uh, my jiu gong, okay, uh, but not actually, not really related, you know, uh, very distant uh, relative. Right. It's on my uh, my grandmother's side, my grandmother's uh, cousin's cousin or something like this, and because his last name is Tao. Okay. You know. And I remember one day there was a typhoon going on, and this Zhou Gong showed up at our door, mm. and he came up from China. Okay. Uh, then he stayed with us, and he worked in the factory as a factory manager. And he's a really smart businessman. Okay. Uh, so when my uncle couldn't, you know, didn't do too well, uh, Zhou Gong actually bought it from him. Oh, uh, bought the nylon bought, factory. Bought the, bought the Hong Kong factory. Right, that, that was still working on nylon. Yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I think he, uh, he made out quite well. Right. And then he, and then he uh, retired to uh, United States. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He, he he stayed in a, he went to California right and uh, yeah San Francisco actually. So if uh, your uncle then ended up with the Hong Kong business, then um, did you guys did our family your family still continue to stay in in Hong Kong or if, if Yaya was then uh, you know allocated to the Taiwan business, then why didn't you guys just move back to Taiwan? Uh, no, and then at that time, uh, at that time I, in nineteen. Uh, 60, let's see, uh, I think 1961 or 60, 62, I, I went to the States for okay. my college. Right. So, uh, and we still had the house in Hong Kong at that time. Right. And later they, they sold it. Uh, I see. And of course, Hiram was there too. And then he, so it must be after Hiram went to the States. Right. So was that um, you know very noisy or rowdy growing up in a household when there was three boys I guess you Uncle Hiram and Uncle Ken yeah and, and then afterward Uncle, Uncle Nick. Nick yeah yeah so it was four Uncle, boys yeah. in the house was it just always noisy was it always chaos people you guys were just running around um, kicking soccer balls and stuff like that or uh, not that bad actually <laughs> uh, of course Uncle Nick was born in uh, Hong Kong uh, right yeah and um, Basically, it's it's a it's a like a what you you can say is a, like a, a townhouse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and one side is a Chen family, and it's a two-story building. Okay. Uh, one side is a Chen family, and uh, so they got two floors, and then we the the Gu family got the other side, and uh, my we stayed like the top floor. Uh, my uncle stays on the top floor. Okay. His family stay on the top floor, and our family stay at the ground floor. Okay. And there's a little garden there. Uh, so um, we used to climb even up to the first floor mm. from the pipes. <laughs> so climb up to your uncle's unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like we've go, we've and... been going up and down. Yeah. I think we we're, we're eating together on the top floor. On okay. The, on the, on oh, everybody eats together. On the top. We're eating together. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so uh, it wasn't that bad. It's like you know because uncle has a has a daughter and a son. 
Right. Uh, the daughter uh, Charlotte Lottie. Yeah. And the son Dwight. Right. And so we all lived together. Right. And, uh, wasn't we didn't have too much fight on anything. It I sounded actually pretty fun. Um, you yeah. know, you have your three brothers and also two cousins. Yeah. Uh, living all underneath the same same roof. It yeah. Just seems like it was probably a lot of things going on all the time. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't. The house didn't come along until uh, quite late. I think I was in uh, seventh grade or nine, seventh grade or so before we moved to this house. I see. You know, at the beginning we had to live in an apartment. I see. Uh, with uh, another family, who was the uh, goddaughter of my grandma. Uh. So the Chen family. Okay. Oh, that, so that was the Chen family, the God. Yeah. Uh, then we got the other one, so we, we moved out. I see, there. I see. And then did you and uh, all of uh, the, your brothers, my uncles, uh, go to the same school um, as you guys were growing up, or were you guys going to different schools? Uh, well, for kindergarten, Hiram and I went to the same school. Yeah. Uh, it was a school run by the church. Okay. And we were like the first... A uh, group of uh, kids uh, going into the uh, when they started the school. first class. So every year they 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 have a, another class. Right. They, we, because we're moving up, right? Yeah. So they they open the first grade and the second grade. Yeah. You know, as we move up. Yeah. And uh, it was a very good school because uh, it's a it's a uh, I think it's a Protestant uh, school. Okay. Uh, so we grew up like you know sort of. Uh, in that kind of environment, yeah. But then it's of course it's not a what they call a good school or a famous school, right? So, and they keep on trying to put us into a better school in a sense. Oh. And I remember that uh, we got put into a Catholic school. Okay. And that was very strict and no love at all, so, <laughs> you know, from our experience. So you guys didn't like it when you guys moved. To yeah, the we, Uncle Hammer and I didn't like it at all. Yeah. So we raised hell, and then we went back to the old school. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, then finally, uh, there was a opening in in the school that's run by the uh, Taiwan uh, Kuomintang. Oh, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Interesting. Uh, so uh, I went to that school for a while. Okay. Uh, and of course, over there we we have to learn uh, Mandarin, mm-hmm. you know, popo and that. right. That that's just one one subject, right? That we learn. So you're learning both Cantonese and, and Mandarin at the same yeah, time. Yeah, we're speaking Cantonese okay. at that time. I see. Uh, but it's not an English school; it's it's the Chinese school. Right. And then there was an opening in a um, government subsidized school, and they were supposed to be the better schools. Right. Uh, an English-speaking uh, called LaSalle. And somehow, they, they, all these high schools, they, they call it college. Right. So it's a LaSalle college. It's run by the Catholic uh, priest. Okay. So I end up in an in English-speaking uh, high school. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another school, uh, the Chinese-speaking uh, Chinese class, uh, school called Peizhen, and my all, all my other brothers went to that school. No, oh, how come? 
it's just you know trying to pass exams and trying to get in allocation. So I, I got in got the English school and then they got into the Chinese one. school. I see. Yeah. So that's how. I see. Yeah. Um, so you graduated from from La Salle for high school. Uh, yeah, we call it matriculated. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but you ended up going to I guess like four four different schools while you were in Hong Kong, just jumping around. Yeah. Yeah. Different. Right. Right. Um, did you guys? Do you remember if you or uh, my uncles got into any trouble? And things like that, uh, and as you guys were growing up, or cause any problems for uh, for Yaya and Inya? Not, I don't think we had, we really ran into any any kind of a trouble, <laughs> yeah. because um, the house where we lived in uh, is a very short street. Okay. Okay, it's only our house, you know, uh, the our the townhouse we were staying in. Yeah. And across the street. There's another one. Yeah. And that's the end of it. Yeah. And and then we're living next to a sort of like a hillside garden or something. It's not really a garden yet at that time. Okay. It was just, you know, a lot of, uh, it's like a hill. Yeah. And we used to just, so we really had a lot of freedom. We would go up the, you know, the hill and uh, picking flowers uh, that, uh, that we can suck on. It's like oh, like with uh, with some juices inside. Yeah, with juices, yeah. and then we'll go and uh, catch the uh, crickets and right. have them fight. <laughs> that and, sounds fun. Yeah, and then we'll dig up uh, like potatoes or whatever you yeah you know, you know to eat. So it's actually very outdoors. Like I think that's something that people you know you you think of Hong Kong now. It's a very like urban jungle, like bunch of buildings and, and yeah, uh, yeah, skyscrapers, yeah, yeah. right? But it yeah. sounds like actually a lot of uh, a very more outdoorsy type of growth, uh, environment. Yeah, I think up. it's kind of special for us because of the, the where we lived. Yeah. And then because the front is only a very short street, right? Yeah. So every day after school, we have a soccer game there. Yeah. You know, with the neighboring kids. I see. So you guys all played soccer uh, growing up a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're no good, though. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever feel like, you know, as the older brother, did you always feel like you needed to take care of all... Uh, your younger brothers was that something that you know started no, off? Not at that time, really, because oh. we we each on we each just go on our own, right? You know, and uh, and also with the the bike was a big thing, right? Um, I remember one day coming back from school and then uh, Yaya came back with two bicycles, okay, really pretty ones, yeah. And uh, it's a brand called Raleigh, okay. Uh, supposed to be a, it's a British brand, so. So Uncle Harman and I, you know, just then we our territory grows larger Lot, yeah, because right. we, we tend to, you know, we you can go of, further. We can go further yeah, yeah. on our bikes. <laughs> so, um, I guess Uncle Ken uh, or Uncle Nick were too young to have one at that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was um was Yaya and Yaya, you know, Yaya has always struck me as a, a pretty strict. Uh, person, um, obviously, I think you know he was older when I was growing up, so he wasn't as strict to me. But was he a very was was him and Yaya very strict parents um, to you guys when you guys were growing up? No, because for Yaya, we don't get to see him that often, right? right. He because we don't have any any business going on in Hong Kong mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. So he Yaya was spending most of his time in uh, Taiwan, right? Uh, and we don't get to see him. Uh, unless it, you know he will come over like 
mostly, I still remember, he always showed up in Christmas time. Oh. And that's where the time when we want to go out and party right. with our friends. <laughs> and uh, so we didn't really like that too much, but uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. But every summer, we'll go, go come back to Taiwan. I see. Uh, the whole family. So, and so that's when you spend all the family time. Yeah, that's why we spend time going out for, for tour, tours around the country and do something. And that's how, how we end up, you know, uh, with the true family, oh. uh, you know, and uh, so we've been going out with them, uh, or go even have parties and or go out because our ages are similar. Right. So we, we have parties and then we will go on train rides to the south and uh, for t- visits and tours and stuff right. like that. So you've known them basically since you were a teenager. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, for all these years. Yeah. I see. Um, so I guess without you know Yaya being there to you know be strict on you guys and, and be disciplined, I guess Inya was was around. Um, was it just I guess you know the four of you just uh, you know self discipline or just keep yourselves in, in check? Well, Inya was yeah Inya was quite loose. I mean he, he doesn't really <laughs> care, but, you know. So we had to go by by on our own. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, except I think in the uh, we did have a private tutor when. When we were in uh, elementary school, I think. Okay. Uh, for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but basically, we we're on our own. Oh, I did get caught once uh, by Yaya mm-hmm. for smoking. Oh, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I was. I was just curious, actually. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I got caught, and then, uh, and then I said, "You smoke." <laughs> so I think that was the end of it. <laughs> He, he didn't have a good uh, good yeah. response to that. Right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really smoke after that. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess at, during this time while you guys were growing up, Yaya was still building up the business um, in Taiwan. Yeah. Um, you know, continuing continuing the the worsted uh, wool business, right? Um, was he able to quickly kind of continue to build that business up and, and scale? Um, you know, the factory to to be a bigger bigger scale or how did that, you know, how did the company evolve uh, during those years? Yeah, uh, I, I think I remember him telling us that uh, at the beginning, we, he secured the land at our present, uh, uh, you know, Xinjiang right. uh, place. And he had to ride a bicycle every day to work. From, from, from Xinjiang Nanlu to Xinjiang? Yes. Well, that's really far. <laughs> well, that's like in those days I guess you know yeah 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 well, that's, you have to ride a bike and you know that's that's a good what probably like an hour or whatever yeah 10 kilometers right yeah. well yeah okay and he got his land he said in those days you know you don't really know how much land you got this guy came up with a map and then he would just take out a ruler and then he would just you know sort of you know, uh, root out whatever you want. You know, you say, okay, yeah. I want this big, and then he he would just draw, put two lines there, and then that's yours. Wait, who, who is this guy? Does he the work guy who the owned the no, the guy yeah. who owned the land. Right, but there's no there's no government agency to like facilitate. Yeah, I think this, I think it's not a very exact thing. Right, so right. That's 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 how he got this piece of land. <laughs> he just drew drew something on a map saying, I yeah, want he buy got this a ruler, piece. so it's just yeah. Just, Put down two lines and then that's yours. Got it. So I think he got this piece of land. He he just cut up into ten pieces and said, you know, what do you want? You right. want bigger? Okay, I move the other line over a little yeah. bit. You know. Yeah. So he got this piece of land, uh, and that's how we started. Right. And because it's you know 
it's very difficult to uh, get money from the banks. Mm-hmm. So basically, we had to do everything ourselves. Like you know, you, you have it's only all your own cash flow. Right. Uh, so he slowly built it up, and uh, I think t- uh, he, we sort of went through uh, three phases in in terms of expansion. Okay. Uh, uh, one time, one phase uh, was going in into a uh, uh, into better spinning machines, and then we also, but the spinning machines also involved. And okay. He, I think there was two kind of evolution in terms of uh, getting better machines. And we also had a small woolen mill at the time mm. uh, where they said, they, you know, uh, making very coarse wool uh, from the scrap, maybe, right. of the sweaters or from whatever we, we have. Uh, so the Yaya was uh, mainly into uh, what we call the spinning and weaving side of it. Okay. Uh, and then we, of course, we then expand into the weaving. Uh, the weaving, we have no knowledge. Uh, there's a technique called inking. Mm-hmm. Uh, because after weaving, because we saw natural fiber, so the colors coming out, like, you know, the, the threads coming out or after dyeing, and uh, you still have little white spots, you know, not dyed properly or I see. whatever. I see. And so we had to, uh, to get the Japanese to help us, uh, to teach us how to do what they call inking. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's basically a coloring right. thing. You, right. you color the fabrics right. to, to, you know, uh, to make it the same color. Right. Uh, so we started this weaving factory uh, with, as a joint venture with the Japanese uh, guy called Tarada. He was based in Taiwan? No, he was in uh, Japan. He was based in Japan, I yeah. see. Uh, because in those days, uh, a lot of trades go, uh, we were going through the Japanese trading houses. Right. Uh, like Mitsui, uh, you know, Mitsubishi, and, you know, uh, all these trading houses. So they introduced us to the, uh, the Japanese textiles factories. Right. And then we had a joint venture with them. I see. And... Um, so the the weaving factories we had the Japanese as a uh, joint venture partner. We also have um, uh, this uh, Cindy 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 Yu, mm-hmm. her father mm-hmm. as the partner. Okay. And so the three three way partnership. Three way partnership. Okay. And that's why that weaving factory we call it uh, San Yi. Okay. Three San Ge, you know Li Yi mm. or Qing Yi. San Yi. San Ge Yi. Yeah. Mm. So the weaving factory was called San Yi. Okay. Uh, so we, we got that weaving factory. Uh, uh, that went on for a while. And, and then we also invested uh, in a uh, uh, dyeing and finishing factory. Oh, okay. Uh, with some people from, uh, friend, friends from uh, Hong Kong uh, in Taiwan. Mm. Uh, we, they started this. Right. But uh, it ended up that that... Uh, Dying and finishing factory was not well run. Uh, I guess because mainly because nobody was, the owners were really not running it. Mm. And uh, we had this, uh, and the guy who was running it had a very small percentage of the factory. So he wasn't incentivized to to make it better. Yeah, I think his incentive was getting 2% out of the machines or whatever he can get. Getting some kickback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
and and also uh, I heard the uh, the factory is always running overtime, and and at nighttime you can see them the, the lights were on the machines were running, and actually no work was being done in there. Right, and they just collect overtime pay or whatever. Oh, so the workers, because no one was overseeing it, so the workers yeah. were taking advantage. So it was really going down. Yeah. Uh, and they end up, the Hong Kong owners, they, they didn't know what to do with it, right? Because yeah. they were in Hong Kong. So they wanted to sell it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when you look at the balance sheet or, you know, the statements, it's really bad. Yeah. And so Yaya took... A, a long time debating whether to to buy it or not to buy it. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, but he had. Well, he was already a partner at that time. Or yeah, yeah, he, he was, was already a partner. A partner. So he, he, was was, he was deciding whether not to buy the rest, yeah, yeah, the rest of the shares out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, but of course, he he sort of he had to. I, I remembered him, you know, sort of um, thinking over this matter for quite quite some time. Yeah. And then, of course, he had to because uh, we need them to. To do our work, you know, right. to to do the fa- uh, to finish the fabric, uh, to do the dyeing and to finish it. Right. So he ended up buying it, but of course, uh, then we we managed to turn it around. Mm-hmm. And actually, that was making uh, that was more profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not doing not only doing our own work, but we are also because these are these involve a lot of uh, bigger machines and more capital intensive. Okay. And so we're not only doing our own work, but we are also doing uh, consignment work, from commission work from outside weaving factories. I see. There are a lot of uh, small weaving factories in, in the uh, Thai, uh, south of Taiwan. Mm. And uh, these were, you know, like people with maybe eight weaving machines uh, next to the, their house in, in the rice field or what have you. I see. Uh, and then after weaving, they have to send it out to, to the north right. for us to to do the finishing. The, the, the dyeing. Uh, the dyeing and the finishing. Yeah. And uh, we actually got quite, uh, our quality is so uh, well known that uh, we we have a special tag on the fabrics. Right. So they, so they will get more money from that and they can sell it for more money as it was well. The, it was the original branded fabric. That's right, kind of branded, yeah. branded ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so actually, when I came back to Taiwan, I look at the figures and I, I could see that the, the dyeing and factories are making more money. Yeah. And you know, uh, but then Yaya's being with spinning and weaving most of his life, he poured most of the money into the spinning and weaving side right. to upgrade the machines. Right. So it's not until I I came back and then later on that we start to to change the to a better, you know, uh, higher quality machines. I see. Uh, for the fit, uh, dyeing and finishing. I see. So I bought most of the uh, dyeing and finishing machines uh, myself. How, 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 uh, how involved uh, did Yaya keep you and, and the other uncles uh, with regards to the family business as you guys were growing up and also um, in college and things like that? Did he continue to share a lot of you know what's going on with the family business with you guys, or was well, it until? he he tried to right, yeah, uh, as you know, and he will even uh, subscribe to uh, uh, economic uh, newspaper like Jinji 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 Jin
the states for us to read. Send you the physical copies of Jingxi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Subscribe uh, for the subscription. Yeah. And I wasn't interested at all. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, we're not interested in the the family business, uh, not at all. Because, you know, in those days, we were all thinking about going to the states and staying there. Right. Not coming back. Right. Okay. And especially textile business is not that interesting. Right. Um, so, but he will keep on sending us this, and of course, we couldn't relate to what's happening in Taiwan. Right. What's going on in Taiwan? Was the business, the names, and you know, the business guy or the factory's name yeah. or the company's name? Right. Uh, we couldn't relate to it. So, yeah. you know, we don't really read that those papers. Yeah. But we got them. <laughs> <laughs> That's very uh, persistent of him to to keep sending us. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you write letters and sometimes mention about the business right. here and there. Right. Um, but basically, we're not interested at all. Yeah. Um, and then um, I think Yaya was in his 50s. Right. When uh, U.S. recognized uh, China. China. Right. Officially switched their recognition over yeah, to yeah. The, the CCP. And he was really worried because he said, we lost, uh, our, we lost everything in uh, China. Yeah. And now we're going to lose everything in Taiwan. Mm. Um, so we had a meeting, uh, I think, in California. That's mm. when uh, Uncle Hiram was in Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but to us, we didn't feel the tension at all. Right. Uh, because, you know, we were going to, going uh, going through university. Yeah. And we thought, well, when we graduate, we'll find work. And, in the US. and you know, we don't need... Any anything we, you don't need we, the family. we can survive, you right? Know? Right. So we're not worried at all. But Why the, was he so worried that um, you know? I think obviously that the U.S. switched their allegiance over. Was he just worried that China at that time was China going to take America over America. Taiwan and yeah, just right. you know uh, yeah. swallow it? That's a possibility. I see. I yeah. see. Okay, so he was afraid of losing everything in, yeah, yeah. in that. So we're saying, well, just come and live with us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so you, you guys didn't share his, uh, his concern, but, uh, uh, but he was... Yeah, and, and that's why later on, uh, when Uncle Hiram started working for General Motors in, uh, in Detroit, yeah. uh, he, got, he got his house, and then uh, uh, Yaya shipped a lot of uh, stuff, like, you know, trunks, uh, and also... Uh, carpets and stuff mm. like that mm. to Detroit, yeah. uh, furniture and what have you. Because he was afraid that he's he putting some assets in, <laughs> right, right, right. in so, the states uh, for safekeeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Um, what what type of what type of businessman would you describe uh, Yaya as being? Was he? I think in my impression, he's generally been pretty conservative. Like he likes to collect a lot of information uh, before he makes a decision. Uh, but obviously, he's had to deal with a lot of uncertainty throughout uh, you know his life because you know there's the backdrop of the war you know the, you know having to move the family having to go into new businesses and it seems like he's actually quite the entrepreneur as well because you know like the some of the stories that you described early with you know mm-hmm. him trying all these different type of businesses he was he's very experimental in that sense so, so how would you you know describe him? you know having worked with him also uh, directly uh, how would you describe him as a, as a business person well uh I don't think he's really that entrepreneur is because it was really forced upon him sure. by, <laughs> by the environment. Sure, sure. So he was forced to find ways to, yeah, to, yeah. to make money and survive. Yeah. But uh, he's quite knowledgeable in terms of um, what's going on and 
he I remember him reads a lot of newspaper. Mm. Uh, he'll stay in bed and just go through you know the piles of newspaper. Right. So and uh, he had a lot of ideas, mm. uh, but I think uh, he he will talk about them, but right. he doesn't really he he doesn't really implement any of them. <laughs> okay. Like he even had an idea. I remember, he kept on talking about um, doing uh, beef noodles. Okay. You know, how to run a beef noodle shop. Uh, you know. Uh, right. Uh, easily and right. this kind of thing. Right. But, you know, uh, but of course he's just talking about it. But, uh, uh, of course, of in those days, there's not as much innovation as today. Where we, you know, we, we see, we hear new innovation. You know. Uh, every year, or yeah, so, you know, yeah. Those days are not; they move much slower. The world was not changing as fast as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah technology and things like that right. were not changing yeah. as fast. Yeah. Um. So, um, and of course, we not you know we when I graduated and came back, and the uh, electronic calculator was a big thing. Okay, you know we have a huge uh, calculator. It was just just I think it's in maybe eight or twelve uh, digits. You know, uh, calculator. Okay. Uh, that runs on battery. But that was a big breakthrough. Um, yeah, that was a big you, thing when and, you were in college. Uh, uh, when you graduated from college. Yeah, when when I graduated from Hall College, and uh, because um, they locked it up in a steel cage. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a family treasure. <laughs> no, in the in the factory. Oh, in the factory. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, Mr. Sun. Uh, yeah. He was using Abacus, right? right, right. He's very fast on yeah, Abacus, yeah. but to use that thing, you know, you, you need somebody to to a manager or some higher up uh, guy to authority, to, to, yeah, to, to use it for the accounting department. <laughs> and all the girls in the accounting department they use Abacus, so right. very efficiently. They, you have to go through exams and all that. So, and the there's another calculator that's a mechanical, and you have to crank it up. You, know, oh. you have to put yeah. in all the numbers and to crank it up. And, oh. uh, I didn't even know that thing existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when I first came back and I wanted to get some ratios on the company, because there's no quick way to, to figure it out, you know, when you divide something. Right. And it's a long figure, then you, you have to do it by hand. Yeah. And that mechanical thing is the, the quickest thing. Sure. So I had to write out all the formulas. And they asked Mr. Sun to crank up the numbers. <laughs> so he would use the cal- abacus then to crank up. No, no, no. He, he, actually, he would use that mechanical, mechanical calculator and just crank up the I the, see. And that was before even the electronic uh, calculator. Right. But at that time, we, were already, we already have the HP uh, business calculator in, in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess backing up to the U.S. piece, um, you know, what you, basically, uh, you and all of my uncles you know, went to the U.S. for uh, for university. Was that always part of the family's plan, or how did that come about? Was it just because you were educated in Hong Kong and there was a British uh, element to your education, so everyone decided to, to go to the U.S.? Well, um, Hong Kong has, has a very um, difficult uh, uh, examination system okay. you know, for one to pass. Yeah. Okay, and there was only one university in okay. Hong Kong. Okay. So it's like a pyramid, right? And so most people will have to go have to go outside, yeah. uh, to for higher education, yeah. And you either go to UK, uh, and you can 
a lot of us actually went to the UK for boarding school right. in high school. Right. And um, so I, I, I remember in, uh, when I was in high school, every year uh, my dad would say, okay, next year you, you, I'll send you to the States. Right. But every year it never happened. <laughs> Not until I, I Not graduated. Until graduated. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was really the, also because, you know, we didn't feel secure in Taiwan. Right. All, all those all, years, right? Yeah. So uh, we all, it's actually quite natural. It's not. It's not something you, that you think about. If you can, if you if you study good enough, your know, your study is good enough, then you of course you go go to to university so you, somewhere. Right. You go to Australia, right. uh, UK or US. Right. Basically, that, right. that those are the three places that we go to. Right. Um, but it seems it seems like Yaya then decided to that he wanted all the the brothers to go to the U.S. for a college. Uh, yeah, we we didn't you know for some reason we didn't apply to any of the U.K. universities. Right. Uh, and you know uh, at that time Uncle Hiram and I uh, we we wanted to go into chemical engineer. Yeah. Because chemistry was a big thing at that time. Okay. And I don't know whether you remember, there was a movie called The Graduates. Yeah. And in the movie, even in the movie, the guy, you know, uh, Dustin Hoffman was advised was by his father's friend or somebody to say, to chemistry is the <laughs> thing, okay? You go to chemistry. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so we all, you know, we, we want to go to uh, study chemical engineer. Uh, of course, for Uncle Hiram, he did end up as a chemical engineer. Right. But for me, I, I was applying to different schools at that time. And I remember I was sitting uh, at a dining table with a bunch of applications. Yeah. And uh, my dad came along and he looked into the applications. And there was one school, this North Carolina State. Right. And that's supposed to be a good school for textiles. Right. So he said, why don't you apply for textile in this school? Yeah. Okay. And of course, I didn't want to study textile because <laughs> that, that's, I didn't want that as a business sure. for, for my career. Sure. So uh, he, so I said, okay. Then I checked the box that says textile chemistry. Because oh. <laughs> at least there was still some chemistry yeah, yeah, uh, component yeah. to it. Yeah. So I graduated with a textile chemistry degree. <laughs> that's how I ended up. And because the re- also at that time, I think the U.S. universities are not too familiar with the British system. Right. And, you know, in the British system, we go to, we go by uh, the great, uh, we don't go by grade schools. Uh, after the, uh, we call it middle school, the six years middle school, then we start form one, form two, form three, form four. Right. Okay, for form five. Right. So, and we don't have six years of uh, high school. We actually have seven years of high school. Okay. If you, you count that. Including, we have okay. a, we up to the form five and then we have lower six and, and upper six. Okay. Then, uh, and that's really pr- for the, the lower six and upper six is a preparation for you to go to universities right. in, in UK. Right. In a sense. Right. So, and to us, most of the people will think that after form five, you graduated. Right. All right. So I got out from Form 5, and I was halfway through my Form 6, and I applied. Okay. So basically, I really didn't do the six years of uh, grade school. You didn't school, do the full. The right. full grade school, right? And 
uh, a lot of the universities, you know, will say, okay, you know, later, come back later on when yeah. you graduate and you get the scores and stuff like that. Yeah. But this North Carolina State, I think they don't know enough about our system, and right. they thought I graduated. <laughs> <they're something. laughs> that's, so, ama- that's amazing. So I went there. I didn't go at you know usually you go you start university around uh, September, right? Yeah. Or the fall. Right? Yeah. So I end up going to the spring section. So I started you know, in between. In between. I see. When I went there. I see. Um, and I guess, you know, uh, during that, that time, going to the U.S. was probably a much bigger deal than it is today, right? Um, you know, there was no, there was, you know, obviously no internet at that time. There was probably not even a very good wire transfer system. Um, so you were just out there basically to defend for yourself in, in a brand new environment. Uh, you know, how was that difficult kind of in terms of like a culture shock, you know, especially going somewhere like North Carolina where it's, you know, not necessarily the, the most uh, international environment at probably at that time yeah uh, well I I had to get a, a crash course on the coins right uh, from my aunt because you know my uncle was he stayed in the US right, right. so he, so he knows my about auntie right. took out a whole bunch of coins and then showed me this is a dime this is, <laughs> and it was really confusing right. why do you call it 10 cents a dime right, right. and a nickel right. right how come a nickel is bigger than a dime right when the value of a dime is bigger than a nickel right so it was really confusing at that time and he she even took out some gave me some two dollar coins right. and I didn't know that that's you know phasing out and I should kept it I should <laughs> kept it but that was the first thing I spent because that was an odd thing in, in my pocket. Right. Know? So I didn't want to remember the different you know, coins. <laughs> and then she told me that, oh, that, you don't have to go to orientation. It's nothing, you know. It's just going around, walking around the school. And, and I, actually, I should, you know. Right. Uh, so uh, I, it was, uh, I didn't even know what to bring. And, uh, and my... Your, your Nya, my mother, she was buying all different kinds of coats, you know, heavy and light, and so I was carrying a, a lot of su- a lot of big not besides a suitcase, I was carrying coats. Oh, by hand. <laughs> by wearing it and <laughs> hold by hands as well. To bring over to the, the U.S. To bring over to the U.S. and then and there's no direct flight, so I had to fly into Philippines and then from Philippines. Onward to somewhere, I end up in O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Okay. That was the first time I see snow. Right. So I was so excited. There was a blizz, blizzard going on, and I was very excited. I had to go up to the airport just to, to feel snow. <laughs> and you went by yourself. Yeah. So so no one uh, no one flew out there with you. Yeah. yeah. And I by the time I got to Raleigh, it was like you know it was quite tiring. Right. Um, then I remember squeezing in with a couple of big guys in the in the car to get to school. Hmm. And by the time I got to school, everything was closed. Right. It was a weekend or something, and right. then the school hasn't it hasn't started yet. Right. So it was very quiet, and I didn't know even where to go. I just know to the address of the you know the school. Yeah. So the guy said, "Okay, I'll drop you at the union." I didn't know what union is. Right. Actually, there was like you know. Uh, uh, students uh, hall or something. Right. Uh, lucky there was a guy there, and uh, he looked it up and he, he he figured that I should I should be staying at one of the dorms or someplace. Okay. Uh, but then there was nobody there, uh, so he said, "Oh, I better drop you off with some uh, Chinese students." 
<laughs> he just found some other Chinese dude. Yeah, yeah. This is a, some some other driver that. Uh, no, no, there was this guy in, in the union, like you know, in this student union. I see, I see. Yeah, and uh, but I said, okay, before I do that, I, I need to uh, uh, tell my family that I arrived safely. Yeah. So I hold a bunch of coins in my pocket, and I had to go and uh, do a. It's like a little little phone booth, and that's for sending cables. Cables. Yeah. What do you mean by sending? They, they send cables. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's like a Western Union. Ah, uh, like Telegram kind of. Telegram, yeah. yeah. And you know when and you cannot send words. Right. Okay. So I I have to, I have to keep on putting money into that machine, and then there was a operator on the other side and said, "What do you want to say?" And I say, "Arrive safely." Yeah. All right. And she will translate that into numbers. Okay. And the numbers will be transmitted to Taiwan. And send in as a cable, and a, a, a guy like a mailman will show up at the door with this cable, and then you open it up, and there's a whole bunch of numbers in there, and then you have a little booklet. You take out a little uh, booklet. You and decode it. They decode it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit like a spy, um, yeah, yeah, know, spy yeah. code kind yeah, of yeah. thing. So I did that, and then the guy took me to a to a, a house that's that's got a couple of. Uh, Chinese student in it. Okay. And they were having a snow flight fight outside. Oh. And so anyway, so then uh, they they took me to uh, later on. I, I I think I had a dinner with them. Okay. In their house, and then they took me to my dorm. These uh, uh these students were from China or from, from Hong Kong. Or from Hong Kong. Also. From Hong okay. Kong. So it's pretty easy to talk to them. And yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. And at that time, I considered myself as from Hong Kong. Right. Because you know. You grew up in Hong yeah, Kong, I grew basically. Up in Hong Kong. Right. So they took me to uh, the dormitory. Uh, there's no, you know, I just got into this empty room, no sheets, no blankets, nothing. Yeah. So I just slept in the, in the on the bed. You know. <laughs> Without a blanket. Yeah, I just used my <laughs> coat. <laughs> Did you have a roommate? Yeah, my roommate didn't show up till the next day. Oh, I see. And he was a farm boy. Okay. Okay. Uh, also by the name of George. Oh. Huh. And he woke me up and he said hi and we said hi. Yeah. And then he had a very heavy accent. Right. And he told me uh, my English was really poor <laughs> uh, because my accents were really wrong because I had a British accent. Ah, I see. So you, but you actually were um, you were learning English throughout your high school um, in Hong Kong yeah, already, yeah. right? Yeah. So your English, like, it was just a different accent than than his. Yeah. Um, so that's why he thought it was poor. No, he said it was wrong. Okay, yeah. uh, so because he was using a southern accent, and right. so I had I had to learn southern. <laughs> so he taught you how to speak with a southern accent. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so for quite a while, but then of course, then um, I think there was another uh, guy uh, staying close by. That anyway, I didn't know where to eat or what to do, you know, whatever. Right. But anyway, I managed to find, uh, to, to get my sheets and blankets and pillows. And, sure. And so that, that, that was done. Uh, and then, but I didn't know where to eat. Right. And it turned out that this guy's on a diet. So every day he'll go down to the tuck shop. There's a dormitory that's a little tuck shop mm-hmm. underneath it. That sells, you know, snacks and, there's a machine that sells you a sandwich. Vending, vending machine. Vending basically. machine, right. Yeah. 
I never seen a vending machine in my life. <laughs> so I had to stand and watch how he operate the vending machine. Right. And then we'll get a cup of soup from the guy, you know, heat it up and what have you. So you so, thought that was your cafeteria. You thought that was all that. I I never heard of cafeteria. Right. Right. Okay. I didn't know there's a, there's such a thing. Right. So I thought that's the way they eat right. because. You know, while in Hong Kong or in Taiwan, if we go out for for a Western meal, that means you know steak and you know sure. it's a big thing, sure. right? And so I thought, wow, that that would be too expensive going to restaurants, right. eating steak and you know meat like that. So I thought that's how they live as a student, right. eating just, sandwiches. Right. So I lost about fifteen pounds <laughs> within the last, the first two months. So I thought I was really dying. So I had to go and see the doctor, and the doctor said, "Why don't you eat?" So he asked me what I I was eating and right. all that. He said, "Why don't you go to the cafeteria?" That was the first time I heard of such a thing as a cafeteria. <laughs> so I have to go around and find out where the cafeteria is, how it operates, and so. Right. Yeah. The the other Chinese students didn't tell you that there was a cafeteria. Well, they were cooking in their own home. <laughs> oh, they were. <laughs> I see. Um, what what else like you know that what other mem- fond memories do you have of like your you know quote unquote U.S. college experience because that was you know your first time kind of being overseas by yourself and things like that. Was there? Um, did you mainly just you know stick with the other Chinese students, hanging out with them? No, the Chinese students because they um, they are higher class, they are, uh, you know higher uh, class older, than right. older older than I am. Yeah, and one is already in graduate school. Um, most of them are in, were in graduate school I at see. that time. But we're good friends. Yeah, we, we, uh, I'll usually you know go over the weekends or what have you. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, basically, I was with my roommates and schoolmates uh, okay. most of the time. Yeah. So actually, uh, people of diverse backgrounds, different. Yeah, different yeah. Types yeah. Of I'm background. trying to make a little, uh, you know, figure out things because, like you know, I, 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 I don't know how I didn't know how to operate in a, uh, you know, laundry. I didn't know what to do with the laundry, right? Right. So. I had to take it to a laundry shop, right. and that was costing me a lot of money. <laughs> until I found out there's a laundry machine, and I had to learn how to operate the, the you know, laundry machine. It sounds like your roommate didn't teach you uh, quite enough. Uh, no, you know, those first couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to the restaurant. Right, one time we went to a, a, a restaurant, and then they were ordering, and then I didn't know how to order because I only know how to order the main dish. Right. Right then, then the the girl will say the waitress will say, "Well, what do you want for a side dish?" Yeah. So what do you mean by side side dish? Right. right. <laughs> so she was rumbling off all these you know vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I couldn't catch any of them. So I so finally I learned what what side dishes are. <laughs> did you uh did you get to go back to Hong Kong to visit? Over no, the that was too expensive. Right. Yeah. So we end up and we end up writing every week. Okay. You know. And trying to make that a uh, a routine because that 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 that's, then at least we get a letter uh, coming you know, once a week. Right, right. right. To back home to back Yaya home and, yeah. to Yaya, and then uh, and of course later on when the tape recorder came out, right, uh, that's small enough, the micro uh, tapes right. came out. Then Yaya start to record. Oh, we started to record. Interesting. Uh, and then we send it back and forth. I see. On, so you record a tape and send it back and forth yeah, to yeah, each other. Yeah, right. Oh, instead yeah. of writing. And uh, because uh, we try to also try to save money, so instead of writing letters, we use aerograms. What is that? <laughs> aerograms 
I don't know whether they. I think they still they're still around. They're like uh, postage paid uh, a sheet of paper, um, and with the front cover is uh, like where you put your address, and then there's there's a printed stamp on it. Okay. And you write in uh, on the inside, and you fold it up, and and then seal it. So that's but you can like reuse a, it. Is that no, why? No, 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 no. no. You use once. I see. But but then you don't have an envelope. You don't have. Oh, envelope. I see what you're saying. Uh, so you save. It's a, the, it's a piece of cost. paper you fold up and then you, you send it. It's a paper and envelope in one. So yeah, you, right. <laughs> so you save the cost so of the envelope. I can show you later on. I have couple, I even have the first letter I wrote. Oh wow! From yeah yeah. I just saw it. They just found it. Yeah yeah. We love, we, we, we should dig that up. Yeah. That's, that's fun. So um, uh, so we use we we use to write every week. You know, uh, like that. Uh, then of course Uncle Hiram came, yeah. and he he went to uh, university in uh, Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. So one time, so you know because the school shut down during uh, like uh, Easter's or right. Thanksgiving, winter break, uh, like, Christmas, winter, uh, Christmas, yeah. Christmas and things like that. Yeah. So one Easter, I. Went to visit uh, Uncle Hiram. Okay. Uh, so I had to take a Greyhound bus. Mm. I don't know for how many hours. It was <laughs> like you know, middle of the night. I you know I had to take it, and then I end up in Wisconsin right. the next day or something. Right. Uh, so Uncle Hiram uh, picked me up, and uh, there was one dorm uh, that was open, so we got to stay in the dormitory. Okay. At, uh, in a room. Uh, and I was so tired. Then, but then early next morning, there was a big knock on the door and said, "Got up, kids, go to work." You know, so, and I found out uh, for us to stay there, we had to clean up the whole dorm. Oh, the rest of the dorm. The rest, you know, the, uh, all the rooms yeah, in the yeah. dorm. We had to, you know. <laughs> Uncle Hiram didn't tell you this. Before he didn't tell. You he, and then he said, "Oh yeah, we have to work." You know? <laughs> so, and uh, I think that was. That was a girls' dorm or something, <laughs> and I didn't know girls were so dirty. <laughs> we had to go to each room and empty up the trash and all this kind of stuff. But the guy was very good because uh, then at the end of the day, he 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 brought us a turkey. Okay. All I don't for know what we yeah I don't know what we did with it because what are we gonna how are we gonna cook you know we're staying in the dormitory so yeah. we, we got this big turkey so. I don't remember what. Oh, happened. it wasn't cooked. It was a big raw turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. I can't remember. I have to ask him what, what happened. <laughs> uh, so I guess you were visiting him uh, sometimes during the holidays and stuff like that. I think that was only once. Okay. That, that was the only time. What about the summers then? What, what did you guys? Summers, do? I think I no. Usually, I summers I work. Okay. I have to work. Okay. So uh, one summer I was a projectionist mm. because you know um, there was a exchange control uh, in Taiwan. Okay. So you cannot just wire the money out or write out a check. I see. To us. So we didn't know when we'll get the money, and um, so I wasn't sure I'd be able to go to the next semester, and so summertime I'll try to work. Oh, to make enough money to pay for your tuition? Just in case. Yeah, yeah, I didn't send the money. Right, or the, the money didn't come through. Yeah, yeah, the money didn't come through. Yeah. So I was a projectionist uh, for the school. Mm. Uh, and I remember uh, showing... So I still know how to splice the films and <laughs> you know, things like that. 
And in those days, they, they were not automatic. Because the films were so so big, you had to have two machines. You changed the reel, right, between yeah, the two? Between the two, but you, you have to do it nonstop. Right. So one wheel is going on, and then you have to time it. Right. So you have to look at the cue on the film uh, to watch it, to, to turn the other machine on. So you, you just sort of transfer it over. Right. And one time, I think something happened to, to that machine and then I tried to stop it with my hand and I was bleeding all over. Oh and man. In the meantime I got to get the thing rolling at the yeah, same time. <laughs> yeah. It was a movie it was a school movie theater? It was a school movie theater. I see. And I still remember there was uh, one of the biggest thing big thing was uh, showing this movie called Longman Kezan. Okay. Oh that was a like you know Kung Fu movie. Right. It was a big uh, hit. They actually showed that in uh in school. In the US in, in school. In the US at school. Wow. So I, I don't know how many times I watched it, <laughs> but you know we're sh- showing that, and you know so that that was fun. But I, I kind of uh, trying to save money, so I was eating hamburger every every time we sh- were doing the movies and right. all that. Right. And I was washing test tubes for the professors and doing research for him and all kinds of artworks. Odd jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes. Um, so some, some, I think one winter I went to my schoolmate's uh, home uh, in Vermont. Okay. Yeah, for for the and I was like a, you know, I, I guess they didn't they never seen a Chinese before. Right. So his sister was dragging the the postman in and see look at this Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> look, we look we yeah, have yeah, over yeah, for right. for the holidays, <laughs> the Chinese guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Uncle Hiram's got uh, uh, there was a priest in uh, Wisconsin. Okay. And uh, so the the priest and the the priest's wife and uh, she was taking care of a whole bunch of uh, students there. Yeah. And so he was quite close with them. Right. As well. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were able to find some sort of um, kind of support group over there to, to help help you guys go through the, yeah, the college yeah. process. Of course, I also went to my my roommate's uh, home. Right, he's like a tobacco farmer or something. Oh wow, that, that was wow. a big thing because wow. Raleigh is where, you know, North Carolina is is the uh, is the uh, the place where they grow tobacco. Right. So a lot of students actually smoke right. because of the families in, in right. this business. Right, right, right. Yeah. But you, but you never took it on. Uh, no, no. Uh, during that time. Um, and then afterward, I guess you went straight to uh, New York for for a graduate school, right, at Columbia. Yeah, because I got interested. Um, I took one economic course, and I was in, well, I was quite interested uh, interested in the economic side of you know, and the, of course then the business side of it. Mm. So I thought I'd go to business school. Yeah. Was that was Yaya happy with that decision or did he feel like he wanted you to come back and help I, run the business? I didn't ask him. <laughs> he just applied. I just applied. <laughs> uh, so I remember I applied to uh, Columbia, Harvard, and uh, Berkeley. Okay. Stanford, I, somehow Stanford wasn't on the list. It was not well known then or something. Huh. Or I, I didn't know about it. Right. Or, Whatever, and of course, I wasn't too keen on you know what they call the la la land. Mm. It was like it was too, too, you know, not business like. So uh-huh. if you want to be in business, you want to be on the east, east coast, coast yeah. right? Didn't feel serious enough at that yeah, time. Yeah, right. And then of course Harvard came back and said, you know, 
you, you're too young and no experience. And right. So I got rejected. Right. So I got accepted into Berkeley and then Columbia. And of course, I picked Columbia because right. I figured, you know, I want to stay close to Wall Street. <laughs> right. Okay. So you actually, at that time, you really were interested in the business side of things. And yeah. you think that that was kind of the area that you wanted to pursue yeah. your career in. And I also, because I thought um, it was kind of rare because uh, in those days, you know, all every all the Chinese did, they they go into engineer school, mm. so there was a joke about saying you know another Chinese engineer. Yeah, and we're not using we don't we don't have calculators. Yeah, we use slide rules. Okay, to do our calculations. Okay, and so you walk around this campus and you see a lot of guys you know with this long stick hanging around their waist. Yeah. And it's a slide rule. And okay. You know he's an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I sort of figured that, you know, I want to do something different, right? And to be in business, and then I figured that uh, the thing that we're lacking is the marketing side of it. Because mm. Chinese are just no good in marketing. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would go into business school and study marketing. Okay. So that's what I applied for. Okay. And instead of going to finance, right, where most of the Chinese end up in into Wharton and you know, right, right. So yeah, finance, finance or engineering, yeah, 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 number number guys. Okay. So, so I end up in Columbia. <laughs> so, you, so you did study uh, marketing. You did end up studying studying marketing yeah, uh, yeah. at Columbia. Yeah. Um, was that a big transition? Oh, going to you know New York versus Raleigh. I mean, I think you know, obviously different scale of a type of city, uh, more uh, international. Not that much of a t- big transaction for me. And uh, uh, I actually, I spent one summer uh, there as an intern okay. for a bank, uh, okay. Irving Trust. Uh, and But it was really kind of useless uh, in terms of learning. Right. I On that whole floor, it was a letter of credit department. Okay. And... Uh, I already had a bachelor degree, mm. and I was the highest degree on the whole floor. <laughs> really? So all the people who were working full time didn't have bachelor degrees. Yeah, except my boss. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, you know, no fun. Right. Uh, I was just searching for a letter of credit. Right. What what they call search it because there's no computer at that time. Right. So anytime a document comes around, you have to find related documents to to match it or something. So I was running up and down. Oh. It's just like going through a library looking for stuff. Just to verify. And verify. Uh, no, get them the paperwork. To, I see. To to do whatever they need. I see. I yeah, see. Yeah. So very very kind of low level. Yeah, very low level grunt work. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Um, so and then and then after. Uh, after you graduated, then uh, that's when you guys moved to you moved to Canada. Uh, no, I actually worked. Okay. I worked in uh, New York. Um, at that time, um, the um, I was trying to find a job, right? And I couldn't decide. And I asked Yaya, and he was no help because <laughs> I was asking whether I should work for a big company or work for work for a small company. So he yeah. wasn't trying to pressure you to go back to uh, uh, not Taiwan yet. Not, yeah. to work? Not, not just yet. Okay. And uh, Because at that time, a lot of people wants to get the citizenship or the green card. Oh, first. in the U.S. Yeah, okay. so they have a backup. I see. Uh, thing. And <clears throat> so I kind of decided to work for a small company. Okay. So I went up and worked for a small trading company uh, that's like a Portuguese company. Uh, kind of company. Okay. And that wasn't that, well, I learned a little bit uh, 
uh, things in there. Yeah. But then I and then I got a uh, job offer from another company that's Yaya's friend, and he was actually a buyer of our fabrics. Okay. In New York. Okay. Uh, it's a Jewish guy, and he will buy the fabrics from us. He will design the fabrics, right. and then will buy it from us, and then sell it to the apparel manufacturer, suiting companies. Okay. And so he got a firm, a little firm there. So he he asked me to join his company. So, so it's still a trading type company, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a trading type of company. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I kind of learned the Jewish way of business, especially the what they call the Seventh Street, because the Seventh Street is where the apparel. Business are okay, and uh, they they're really tough people. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what do you mean? Give, give me some examples of what you're working there. Though. Well, their idea is like you know uh, because the Chinese, you know, at that time the Chinese philosophy may be saying that okay, you try to you know even now we're saying that we try to have a win-win solution, right? Sure. For them at that time, it's like you know you chew up his bone. It was zero sum, so it was it was zero I, sum. I win or you win. That's right. Right. And there's always another sucker along the way. Right. So that's how they operate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I stayed there for for a while, uh, and then what happened was the uh, there was a Vietnam uh, war going on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, if I stay on and get my uh, green card or you know uh, immigrant status uh, that means I might be I might get drafted okay and at that time a lot of uh, young men they were leaving because they don't want to go to war right okay right and at the same time Canada was a place because a lot of Americans just drive over the border and go to Canada sure to to escape the draft sure and Canada was short of manpower so they were Actually, they were advertising and enlisting people to go to Canada. Nobody wants to go. Right. It's like, you know, it's like a winterland. Right. And who wants to go up to, to Canada? <laughs> it's too cold and it's, not, it's just not as yeah, it's, attractive it's as the U.S. not attractive at all. Yeah. Um, but then it happened that um, the Chu family, they immigrate to Canada. Okay. So they were there okay. in Toronto. Okay. And I just pick up this piece of paper and I fill out my names and you know a couple of basic information and I, I got my immigrant uh, you know, landed uh, uh, visa or whatever you. So so it sounded like pretty pretty easy. It's to very do. easy. <laughs> it's very easy, really. So I pick up my stuff and put it in. You know, I, I bought a, a Volvo. Uh, yeah, I think it's a. It's a Volvo. Yeah. Okay. I I bought my first car was a Volvo. And I, you know, just load up my car and then I just took off and went up to Canada. <laughs> and, and that was that. And also at that time, because Uncle Nick was there. Already He was Canada. going to a high school there. I see, in Canada. Yeah. yeah. I see. So it just... It crossed. just made sense. Yeah, just drove over and then, you know, I ended up in Canada. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, maybe we, we can stop there and uh, for episode one. Uh, and then we can continue on uh, to see what happens to my dad when he goes to Canada. And I think uh, my mom also enters the picture uh, somewhere along the way as well. Uh, so I think we'll be introducing her uh, into the family history. Um, so tune into the next episode to, to hear all about that. Thanks.